so I can clear my throat before I get into this long-winded conversation with myself. I mean, this isn't like any other episode I've ever done. Where, like, I'm literally going to have to talk to myself and, like, bounce ideas off myself, which I'm used to doing with who I would have as a guest as far as having a conversation. But this is something different. This story is something different. This thing has been so locally televised that it's hard to decipher the seriousness that people are projecting on the whole situation on his loyal fans, the the victims, the family of the victims, the friends, the associations that he had with people and the people he's hurt along the way, along with his family. It's kind of hard for me to sit here and figure out which direction I want to go in. Now, I've talked to someone very close to me and I sat on the couch and I told him the other day, I said, it's hard for me to be subjective to getting on there and bashing someone completely. I feel like there's so much bashing as it is that his his negatives were always put up on the forefront. And it's really kind of hard to miss the train wreck as you see it going because he was very public with his life, you know. He was starting the Rock Dog Show, which we're going to play clips of. We're going to play clips of his Periscope. We're going to play clips of a couple of other videos that I grabbed and snagged and I will commentary on and I will give my opinion on it. And we will talk about the allegations of the assault in Memphis and we will talk about as far as him being in jail, doing a blog in jail. And honestly, when I read the blog that he did in jail, he lit, he is literally oblivious to the simple fact that he did anything wrong. He feels like he's being treated unfairly. He feels like he's done a year with no justice. Like, Jeff, you've got to understand something, man. This isn't a normal case. This is a little bit of more, like, you wanted to be famous. This is what you wanted to do. You want it to be known, but you're just being known for the wrong reasons at this point. So you can't get mad when they're treating this a little differently this go around. What you did, allegedly, which y'all are going to hear me say that a lot because I'm not going to get sued for this man. I don't really care that much about him. Do I like giving my opinion on stuff like this? Of course. I'm, I'm like any other person that's spectating from the sidelines that is willing to sit back and see what's unfolding and see the horror stories and and hear you know people's sides of the stories and letting people explain what you know what has come of this whole trauma and you know what it's caused on his family like I get that like I'm okay to sit back and listen to that subjectively with a grain of salt now that may that may make people a lot of mad, you know a lot of people mad but I mean let's be real here like he had a lot of enemies he made more enemies than he did friends. This man was very codependent on people surrounding him. He wanted people to need him. I've never I've never seen someone more alone than the guy I see in the videotape like acting like he didn't care if one person liked him when in, in honest reality this man needed that attention. This man needed that. And I don't know as far as like, I don't get how this man can go to nursing school, be at the top of his class with academics, be a brilliant thinker, be a good nurse that turned into a nurse practitioner that was looking into stem cell research, that was looking into these great things that would help people, you know, with preventogenics, where you would prevent, like, you know, when you go to the doctor, you go when you're sick, like you go when you're already there, when you feel like like when you feel like crap. But he was, 
indulging and and skydiving into a way that he wanted to prevent that before you made it to that point, which a lot of people weren't doing at the time. See, now a lot of people, I, I spoke to someone who was a really, really, really good friend to him that I trust very much with this information that told me a lot of the things that Jeff Young instilled into the medical field, people are people are using to this day without realizing that he is a part of that. He is a big part of what is going on now. The procedures, the ideas, and no one knows that it's Jeff Young. And people couldn't even fathom the thought that he had something to do with it. But in reality, this man was a brilliant, brilliant thinker. He's very smart, very intelligent. He was the go-to guy in nursing school, in his class. Very quiet, very, very to himself. We're going to dive into the fact of why he needed to be known, why he needed to be famous. He could have just been somebody who opened a clinic. And like, I don't want to say normal because I, I believe anyone should be who they, who, you know, who they want to be, who they want themselves to be in society. Like you want to walk around with 20,000 face tattoos, but if that's what you want and that's where you want your life to head, then do what you want. Be happy. You only live once. Like, do what you want, love who you want, you know, this is, like, this is your life, like, you should be able to do what you want, he came at it with a whole different approach, and to people, they fear the unknown when it comes to him, we're going to jump into a lot of his conversations, we're going to jump into the man himself, I'm going to commentary on some of the clips that I have, and we're going to go from there, because honestly, this whole thing, since I've started it from the beginning, has been getting interesting and interesting and interesting by the fact that the people who have contacted me directly. And no, I can't say I wish I could because like, I feel like I'm hiding behind them when I'm not because they come to me anonymously to tell me information that I need to know. But it's hard for me to sit here. It's like you give me information and I have to strategically give the audience the same information, but without giving you away. And that's hard. Being that there's only a few people that know him in that manner, and it'll immediately give you away if I were to express the information that I had. So the best thing I could do now is just go from what I've learned, from the information that I've gathered, the research that I've done, comment on the man, Give me, give you my opinion. We're going to look into a lot of things. That way we can all get a perspective on it. Let's just get this straight here. I'm not here to bash this man, nor am I here to praise him. I've had one interaction with this man, and it wasn't pleasant. And I'll tell you that since day one, it wasn't pleasant. He felt, when I met him, he felt as if I should have bowed to him, which is beyond, I would never do that. He, he hit me with that whole, do you know who I am? No, I don't know who you are. And I didn't care to know who you are. I mean, not with that arrogance. You know, there, there's no reason for me to sit here. I mean, you put your pants on every day like I do. There's no way I'm going to ever move out of my way to make you feel comfortable because of who you think you may be. And one way I found out later on who he was. But that doesn't matter at this point. Because where that ego and that arrogance took him is what landed him in this fucking situation that he's in now. Let's jump into the first clip. 
Hey, the first uh, episode of uh, Rock Doc TV has been released officially by Bat Pick Pictures on the uh, Rock Doc um, YouTube channel. So uh, go check it out. Subscribe uh, to the channel. Check it out. Give us some comments and um, likes or I don't know how you how does YouTube work? Uh, I think you can comment and thumb up it. Yeah, I think that's about it. We need you thumb upper experts out there to figure out how to stick a thumb up uh, YouTube. <laughs> yes, for us. stick a thumb up YouTube for us. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, um, actually we've got some pretty exciting stuff uh, that's in the works besides Kevin's new motorcycle and uh, that really cool helmet. And you got saw. you a new motorcycle too? I did. Um, so we're going to go riding tomorrow. But, um, you know, it got released today, so it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Uh, as suspected, uh, it's going to come with its own set of uh, trials and tribulations. Um, but hey, um, I would uh, I would do it all over again. If somebody asked me tomorrow if I would do it all over again, absolutely. If it doesn't get picked up by a network, I really don't care. Well, see, that's where you're lying right there. You do care. Why else would you do the show? Why else would you put the production and the the energy and and the drive to sit here and promote it and make all this content? And try to, you know, steer your way through the media by the things you were saying, by being outlandish. Like, you do care. So just you saying you don't care was just like, that's, that's like a passive-aggressive nature. But it's a narcissistic behavior. Just, okay, let, let me just keep going. Um, if it does, then that's cool, too. Because guess what? I'm going to continue to do what I do every day. Uh, all day long, and that's provide. Uh, somebody says topics has been on fire all day long. I'm not. No big shocker there. Uh, we were fully prepared. Do you want to give that. me a shocker? Oh my god! Like it's like every when I listen to this clip, I'm like, is everything gonna be like a crude joke? Like, I mean, aren't we like? Weren't they like over forty or something? Like, I'm so sick of like the crude humor. Like, keep that within the content of the show, but like. And you'll realize as these clips go on, like, Jeff is doing his best to be as serious as possible as far as promoting it and being, you know, really subjective to the content and the material that he's really wanting to put out there to make this thing work. And this Kevin guy is just constantly with the crude shit and the, and, the, and the perverted shit. And I'm just like, dude, like, come on, man. You're, like, over 40. Quit it already. Like, it's, at some point, it gets really weird. And, like, it almost makes me feel bad listening to it. It's not even me talking. You know, and it's like I wouldn't listen to this shit in the in you know, in the car with my buddies because it'd just be weird, like me with a bunch of dudes with this dude talking about that. I mean, it's just it's really weird to me. But you know, as far as Jeff and then coming back to topics, like he loved topics. So let's not get it messed up. This man loved topics. He loved the fact that he was trending. He loved that people were talking about him. He was always in the mix of a conversation. His name was always popping up with new comments, new haters, new praisers, new following, and new news. And that's why these people loved, loved, loved getting on there and talking about him. We were, I don't know what that is. Yeah. We were fully prepared None of my for business. that. Um, Kevin, you want to you give the clever uh, shit? Yeah, just oh, clean mercy me. Okay. Really quick. Uh, guys, chime in at any time. Uh, everything we say is basically bullshit. Um, it's it runs between zero percent truth and one hundred percent truth, which is a bit of an oxymoron. But guess what? You never know what's up. So seventeen and under. Oh my god! So these lawyers. It's this, this is a world driven by lawyers, isn't yeah. it? 
17 and under. 17 and under, you have to bounce. You you don't need to be here. Yeah, and the butt hurt people. Butt hurt, satire, parity, sarcasm. Stormy's got you it. Don't satire and sarcasm. Everybody's got it. Everybody's I'm so sorry. It. I'm trying to make this whole fucking disclaimer more interesting by the second, and I'm failing miserably. But you guys get it. Leave if you don't like our shtick. Ollie Jeffers just said the video's tripled views in the last couple minutes. Oh, hey, thanks. Uh, you know what? Yeah, Wild Angel said, if you can't hang a set of tire parody, you're just an asshole. Go, go the fuck off. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Oh, oh my mind. gosh. Yeah. I am so in love. I still have my coaster here uh, from Cleveland. Thank you I much. am in love with Andrea because she provides... <laughs> Wild Angel just busted us out. There's only room for two assholes here, and those two spots are taken. <laughs> this is true. Three-leaf clover. There you have Thank it. you. So, um, <clears throat> so the bottom line is, guys, is, yeah, it's out there. It's out there for everybody to see. Uh, I've gotten comments already from people that thought it was going to be much more wild. Sorry to disappoint you guys. Yeah, it can um, be. It could have been, but, you know. It could have been, but Jose's a genius. He knew how to edit stuff out. Um, there was, there were no <laughs> naked people and there were plenty of naked people during that 72 hours. Yeah, but there's, uh, there was plenty enough to piss off, um, everybody around here, obviously. But, uh, anyway, guys, I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, you see all different sides of me. You see the dad side of me. You see the clinic side of me. You see the, uh, the work hard, play harder guy. I thought that Jose did a phenomenal job on it. I'm very proud of the product. Uh, I think, um, you know, the people that were involved and gave the interviews, I think they all did a good job. And oh, stop. It's voice, yeah. Man, you always Kevin. Oh, my God. Uh, Jesus Christ. Like, even Jeff is annoyed with this guy butting in every five minutes. Like, just enough. Let the man talk. He's sitting there trying to give his gratitude and his thanks to the people who helped him with the project to try to jumpstart this thing and give the man who was filming him and edited the, the commercial and everything or the show for him, <clears throat> trying to give him a proper plug to to get noticed and recognized and, and just trying to thank him for his hard work. And you just stop in every five minutes because you can't handle the fact that somebody other than you was getting all the attention on camera with the, with the you, you didn't even have that many followers, dude. You had like a hundred and like 30 people viewing. Like it wasn't even that much. I don't think and just be quiet. Stay out of the way. Stay in the back. Stay behind there. Like you're Jeff's friend. Like just be Jeff's friend. You're not Jeff jr. You don't need to be talking. Quite frankly, Jeff don't need to be talking, but you really don't need to be talking because everything you say is just crude as hell. It's annoying me. I don't even know you. don't know you personally. I only know what you did. You're already annoying me. Couldn't be around you if I wanted to. Anyways. Shkokoshtole. Kogdila. Oh, I, I think I just said how much is it. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, crap. But no, 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 no. I thought that uh, Jose and Robert did a phenomenal job uh, with the product. So we're, we're really pleased with it, and we'll see where it goes to from here. Um, I imagine over the next uh, over this weekend, there's going to be a lot of uh, comments, and uh, there's going to be a lot of positive. There's going to be a lot of negative. The only thing that I'm going to ask you guys to do out there is, like Kevin said last night, um, nobody ever calls the Better Business Bureau and says, hey, we love this place. It's the greatest thing on the planet. But no, man, everybody calls the Business Bureau and says, oh, what a shitty clinic you have. Uh, same thing here. Um, the only thing that you're probably going to read is a bunch of people that uh, don't like the show, uh, don't like what we've done, think it's unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. 
the whole panty sniffing thing, it was parody. It was a freaking joke. You can't tell somebody's age, gender, or their body <laughs> size, all that really? kind of stuff. No, surely that. you can't. Uh, let Come alone, on. Let you, alone. Let you alone. Do, you do have ES panties. <laughs> you do have ES panties. Let alone. Are you telling me that yeah. wasn't the truth? Oh, uh, it's a lie. It's a, you have, we just said it. It happened on have And the e- thing about it is, is you have ES panties. Please tell me you do. Just like, is this the kind of person that he, like, he kept around him? I know I was like his best friend or something, right? Like, why? Why would you want that around you? I don't get it. Just try to make it look ridiculous. It's a clown show. It's a circus. The, here's the thing. Look me in the eyes. Here's the thing about that particular scene. You have to remember, that was spliced out of a Periscope broadcast that we were having. And so... The fact that that has got everybody so up in arms, they, I think the most classic line in all 30 minutes of the show is it. is Kevin's... And no education whatsoever. You're welcome. Yeah, that was, that was just like it. Uh, I mean, it was funny. It was hilarious. It was... I mean, if that's all you take away from this show... <laughs> You got to, you need to see, you need to see a psychiatrist um, because there was a whole lot of good that was done, if nothing else, about the uh, standard lipid profile. If you guys are all out there and the only thing you're getting checked is your total cholesterol. Oh man, it's going crazy. They're like, Uncle Kevin's the only thing we want to see. Uncle Kevin's the only thing we want to see. Oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. I mean, it's, bad. it's going crazy out there. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate it. They, they... Jesus Christ. No wonder this man was codependent on people's attention. God, Lord, you got this man sucking the life out of the room. Me, me, me. Hell, every chance he had, he had the opportunity to interrupt, he will. With a joke. With a comment. Like, that's the kind of people you keep around you? Like, why? What's the point? Your sidekick is supposed to be your sidekick. Be the cameraman. Stay behind the camera. I think in the video he had shades on. He was ready to be on camera. He was ready to show himself. I don't know if he wanted to be Jeff Young or just steal the spotlight. Hell, they were both fighting for the fame, it feels like. Jesus. But never mind that. Like, dude. Like, I don't get it. What was the point of that whole situation? Nothing came across at all in that little... Whatever that was, whatever that video was of your explanation of the of the show, like I got nothing from it. Just a whole bunch of interrupting and and, and pissing contest. Like promote promote your stuff. Get it get get what you want done and like show people that you're serious. You two people over forty making sexual comments. Talking about how you had naked people, but you didn't film the naked people. What's that say about you? Shit, man. You could have talked about something medically that kept people interested that what you were doing was legit. You turned it into bang bros. Pornhub. Shame on you, Jeff, for allowing some man like that in your life to sit there and just ridicule you and make you feel like you have to act a certain way. Because you were genuinely talking, like genuinely talking, to get a point across, and then you felt like you had to keep up with this, the charade. Like I seen you in the, I seen you in the bar before, dude. Like you didn't have to sit here when you were allegedly 
you know, with the whole alleged, you, you know, paying, I mean, giving, you know, girls, you know, prescription medication for sex and trade for sex. Like, dude, you had women throwing themselves at you. Like, I physically saw this. They were wanting to be in your orbit. They were wanting to get pictures with you. You were wanting to get pictures with them. Like, you were trying your best to make your appearance very known to these people. And they were eating it up because they loved what came with that attention with you. So when I sit here and I'm being told and I'm looking into the things and you're allegedly being charged for prescribing opioids or um, prescription medication for in the trade for sex, like, what are you doing? It's like bribing a hooker. Why? Like, you can't wait and find somebody else normally? Dude, you were married. This is what I don't understand. Like, that's why none of this shit makes sense. That's why it's so fascinating. Like, I don't judge men, but dude, I'm pretty sure you could have pulled some chicks. Being that when I was looking at it, they were just throwing themselves at you. Hell, you could have been any, mini, mighty moment and pick one. But to solicit that as a favor to get medication for whatever fucking reason that was, why? You knew it was ethically wrong. And now look at you. Getting charged for it. It's disgusting. And if it's true, now this is all alleged. I mean, he's going to stand trial for it, I believe. And this is all alleged. But if it's true, that's disgusting. What, you think those girls weren't going to snitch on you when it came down to it? You were going to take the fall because you're taking the fall now. But it's just as much your fault as their fault for accepting it. So shame on them, but shame on you more because you have the power and the authority to write those scripts. To use your title and use your weight around to get what you want. You had a good thing going. You put your, you know, you went through nursing school. You did what you had to do to get there. You became a nurse practitioner. You opened up clinics, which is really not that easy to do. And you turned a blessing into a fucking nightmare. You wasted your intelligence. You wasted your gifts and your skill. You know, you were dating somebody one time that was on my Snapchat a couple years ago. And you were at the bar. And there was a bar fight. And the girl that you were dating put you on Snapchat. Because you took the guy who got his hand busted or his head busted or something to your clinic in the middle of the night to stitch him up on camera with no fucking gloves on. Now, I'm seeing this with my own two eyes. I'm seeing what you're doing. You got a mask on, your little, you know, your little, your little... Whatever that, you know, surgeons use on their head. They're, you know, a little cap. No gloves on. Stitching somebody up. Because you're a big shot, right? Because you can just, oh, yeah, you know, just don't worry about it. I got a clinic. We'll take care of you. But you know the worst part about it, Jeff? You know the worst part about this whole situation? I've heard so much good that you've done, too. For people who didn't have insurance. For people who couldn't afford to pay a copay. For people who were needing help on off hours that couldn't go to the emergency room, that needed medicine then and there, 
quarter zone shots then and there, allergy shots, cocktail shots, all this. I've heard so many stories about the great things you've done. Heartfelt things. Somebody with somebody with compassion. I've seen and heard the stories and the things you've done for kids that needed it because their parents couldn't afford it. So as easy as it was for me to sit here and point out your flaws, it's easy for me to say that the things that you did that I've heard about and the person that you were to these people, these people put you on a really high pedestal because you did things for them that no other doctor would. You took care of them when they needed you the most. And then you turn around and flip the whole script with making a mess of your own personal life when you didn't have to. Why wasn't being a good nurse practitioner good enough for you? Why did you waste everything that you ever learned to better and be productive in society and to push medicine forward? Why did you waste all that? Because you wanted to become famous. What was the point of trying to gain it all when it lost you everything? Was it, I mean, was it really worth it? I know you're sitting in jail now. You probably ain't going to listen to this shit, but damn, dude, like, was it worth it? I'm about to play a clip with you and your son from your commercial and in your show. That boy loved you, needed you, looked out for you, protective over you. Why was it so easy for those decisions to be made when you knew you had someone looking up to you? Wasn't he more important than the decisions and being famous and becoming the rock doc? Why couldn't you just be Jeff Young? Nurse practitioner. Why couldn't you be that? Why did you have to become more because social media? Let me tell you one thing. I've done this podcast for a year. I went from people, I went from 27 people listening to me to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people listening to me. But let me tell you something. I would never let this ruin anything that I have with my kids ever. I had to make a post the other day about the simple fact that I was talking to somebody because it was too crazy. I have to keep everything on the level of being secretive because this is, I I didn't want this. I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to be a podcaster. I wanted to talk openly and give my opinion. And you know what it got me? Hateful emails, threats, a lot of praise, a lot of gratitude for the things I've done, a lot of good things that my conversations and my podcast gave people on perspective. Because with every good, there was always bad. And if I were to look back at it now and I let the bad outweigh the good, then none of this was worth it. Why was it worth you sitting here and being the guy that you were trying to be on YouTube with the arrogance and the narcissistic behavior And to, oh, look at me, this is who I am.
Why couldn't you just be something better? I was talking to a really close friend of yours. Who was your friend for years that you had a fallout with? Damn, Jeff, like you lost so many people that really believed in you as a person. For what, man? For what? Being famous, being being having that 15 minutes of fame. Now look at you. Look what you're famous for now. Every time I make a post about you, I get hateful emails because people fucking hate you. Because of the trauma and, and, the, and the hurt you cause people. Like, do you ever just take responsibility? Dude, I read your blog. You take no accountability for the things that you've done. You sit there and you get on that blog. And you act as if you're being treated unfairly. How dare you? I mean, honestly, how dare you? This is what you wanted. You wanted the spotlight. You got it. You just get in the spotlight. You didn't want it. <laughs> you didn't want this kind of spotlight. But I tell you what, you got this attention that you wanted. And I tell you this. You do have a following. Because they are in my emails and they are in my inbox. And they stick up for you harder than you probably know that they do. Because they still see you as the guy that they believe in. With the hopes of you of me thinking that you would listen to this, which you probably won't, which I don't care if you do. I'm doing this for my audience. My audience wanted me to do this, and I did it. I'm going to play some clips that I, uh, that I took from your show with you and your son. And I want you to hear whether you've seen it back or not or you watch back your, your own stuff. I don't listen to my own podcast. I mix it. I mean, I record it. I mix. I master. I EQ it. I do everything I need to do. I make sure it's all good sonically so people can hear it comfortably. And that's it. I don't hear it again. But if you rewatch this clip, and I'm sure you'll remember, listen to how you talk when you're around your son. Listen to how much love and compassion you have and listen to him with his admiration, his love and comfort for you. Just being near him, being all he had, taking him in. Don't think I don't know about the story of you and your son. I'm very aware of how this whole situation happened. And fuck, dude, does it take a man to do what you did? And I'm, I, I mean, shit, props where props is due. Takes a real man to do what you did. Listen to this clip. Uh, I'm a single dad. And um, I love being father. I love being a dad. You know, it doesn't take DNA to be a father. You know, it takes love. And I... Um, I love my kids. Um, it's it's one of those things where um, um, this is Trey. Um, he's called Trey because he's the third Jeff Young. I'm Jeff Young two, Jeff Young three. Who are you shooting at? <laughs> this kid, eh, he's, a, he's a genius. I don't know where he gets that from. <laughs> yeah, I slipped him 20 to say that. No, you didn't. <laughs>
bottom line is, is it's it's always been me and him, and um, it should it should be like that forever. So he's he's uh, he's a little guarded. Um, when can I have a girlfriend again? I tried to get you to get a girlfriend. When? Candace. Shh, you can't say names on TV. <laughs> yeah, I can. What'd you like about her? I mean, besides the fact she's hot. Her kids are nice. Okay, so she's got kids that are nice. So is that the only criteria? Because for forever you wouldn't let me date. Are you saying I can date now? Is this on, because can we play this on national TV that now I'm finally allowed to date? Yes, you are finally allowed to date. Thank you for your permission. Only if they have kids. Only if they have kids? Yes, I can play with them. But she's got to be hot, right? Oh my God. I mean, listen to that. He was trying to have a real moment with you and telling you what he would expect for you to bring in his life. You couldn't cut the shit for five minutes. Oh, he's got to be hot, right? That's the arrogance I'm talking about. Damn, dude, be vulnerable. Like, you were vulnerable in the beginning. Drop the act when you're around your kid. He was being real with you. He was even embarrassed of what you were saying. Couldn't you just be sincere just for just a little bit of time? He was expressing what he really liked about a certain person. Maybe you could catch the hint of what he was wanting in his life. And all you were worried about was vanity. Come on, dude. I just gave you props, damn it. I just heard this clip again and got it sensed. Couldn't just be real for one minute. You were being realistic when I first heard you in the beginning. Talking about a single father. You were choked up. Got around your son. He's sitting here. He's trying to explain to you what he really thinks you need in life. And what he wants out of just a little bit of that selfish nature that he wants you to date someone with kids so he can have someone to play with and have interactions. And all you were worried about if they're, oh, you would, you know, can I date them if they're hot? Come on, dude. Get it together. Drop the act. Do you really want to, like, that clip's going to live forever now. I know you watched it before you put it out. You couldn't have cut that out. You had a good moment there in the beginning. It's proud of you. It literally proved everything that everyone's ever told me about how you are with your son. How you're such a great dad. How you do things with him. How you're always together nonstop. That clip proved it. Just based off the body language that your son was giving you. Then you go and do that. Come on. Jesus. You don't have to be on all the time. And you're talking to someone who's always been guarded, who never showed affection. But this go around in this relationship I am, that this relationship I'm currently in, I'm showing affection. Because it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to let your guard down for people you care about. And now all I can remember now is if this if anything ever happens to you. Your son has to look back at this clip and realize what he, that was a real serious moment. And all he has to remember is you talking about dating someone hot. Instead of dating someone who was good for you and good for him. And good for your situation. You don't have to be the rock dog. You can put your guard down and just be dad to him. 
because not a lot of people know the story on how you had how you were able to get your son and if they did their perspective of you would change just a little bit more but it's hard to sit here and point out the great qualities that you can have and the heart that you have for people when you do the shit that you did to land you in jail why the abuse of that's what i don't understand like why the abuse of power What was going so wrong in your life that you felt like you had to abuse your power the way you did? You and the people that were with you. I don't want to say their names because I'm not in the mood to deal with them. And why they're not sitting in jail with your ass is beyond me. How they managed to skate through the lines while you're sitting there and you're in jail. They all did it equally just like you did. Maybe not to the extent of what you did. As far as the severity of the crimes or what you're allegedly accused of doing. But they did the crime with you, Jeff. I don't think it's fair that you're the only one sitting in jail. And I will admit that. Where did it go wrong? Where did the codependency come into play? Why did you feel you needed a crowd of people with you at all times? Why did you need the constant attention? I've asked every single person that I've come in contact with about you that were close friends of you, yours, people who work closely by you, anybody who had just in your circle. I can't see that's what I'm saying. That's the shit I'm talking about. I can't explain the, the information I know without giving them away. And it bothers me. Where did that come in? Where did the codependency come in? Why did you feel that you needed this attention? Because now look where it got you. I've heard about the stories about you going to work in the midst of the raid. I was up, you know, did you actually know? Like, not you don't actually know because I don't know you. But I saw your office get raided on Murray Guard. I saw every black SUV that pulled up to your spot and ripped your office apart. They were there for hours. I saw every bit of that happening. Because I was working up the road and I saw it happen. I sat in my golf cart and saw it happen. But why the secretive stuff? Why keep in the patient's files in a garage? Why? What were you going to do with them? I got all the police reports. I got the videos that you sent with the threats. I got all that. There's enough bashing you going around by everyone else for me to bash you. I'm trying to figure out why. What pushed it there? I heard about your folks. Your folks are really good people. And from what I'm told, they raised you very well. Where did this all go wrong? Is it your environment? Was it your close friends who enabled you to push you? You're a grown-ass man, though. I got to quit putting this blame off on other people. Like, you are you. Like, you can only do your own actions. So where did it go wrong? Listen to this clip. Oh, no. 
Jeff Young. I am a uh, nurse practitioner, Jackson, Tennessee. A founder and uh, owner and um, president, I guess you would say, of Preventogenics. Preventogenics is a uh, clinic where we uh, focus on standard medical care, but with a very heavy focus on uh, preventive medicine. You look at him, he doesn't even look like a doctor. He looks like he should be the front man of a rock and roll band covered in tattoos and the wild looking hair, the piercings. Him, he looks like somebody you could sit down with and cook out and just hang out with, like he's your next door neighbor. We're doing things that are against the status quo. This comes in on the Robinson Toyota text line. It says, Dr. Jeff, I'm suffering from gout. What can I do about it? Is he legit? Is, what is he? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, he's just a doctor in town. He's like the rock doctor they call him. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like, so uh, so he's he's straight. Like, he's not some gay, weird dude that's gonna like rape me or something. I really dug the concept. Um, you know, preventogenics, like prevention before you're sick. It's like, we don't think about that as Americans. We don't want to go to the hospital unless we're sick. My passion is uh, music, uh, besides Madison's music. He's a beautiful person on the inside. He has a beautiful mind. I'm very passionate about what I do. I'm very good at what I do. I work hard, but I play harder. I can't relate. I'm a sucker for reality. There's a lot going on here. There's a, uh, there's a world of not only good health care going on, but making people happy. That I've been lucky enough to uh, deal with with some of the the, the strongest minds in, in preventive medicine today, and um, what is preventogenics um, is an experience. It's an experience. It's not just a clinic. It's an experience. You know the best part about that whole clip? You weren't pulling any stick. You weren't joking around. It wasn't an act. You weren't the rock doc. You were Jeff Young promoting your clinic, allowing patients to speak their experiences about you and the environment. What other doctor's clinic are you going to go to where they play 80s music, where people can go up there and not feel nervous or worried about if they're going to be able to afford the doctor's clinic and going into a code you know, sitting area and going to an exam room worrying about the same old thing. Everyone's been to the doctor. They know how that shit was and the experiences are. They didn't get that from you. They came in with music and a doctor who was out of the norm of what they're used to and they enjoyed the environment. You made yourself very approachable to these people. And without the people around you amping you up, you were talking normally. You were acting normally. I really feel like that was the Jeff Young that everybody wants. But again, you have to subdue you have to subdue your own moral compass to please others cuz that's your personality. From what I've gathered from everyone around you that's talked to me, and believe me there was a lot. And if people knew who came forward to talk to me, you wouldn't even believe it. But I decided to keep it anonymous because I gave them my word. But from what they're telling me about your personality, Jeff. Is that you were enabled by your environment. You were enabled by social media.
why the act? Why wasn't it just okay to just not be who you wanted to be so bad and that was famous? You were getting such a good reaction from other people, patients who didn't know you, talking good about you. Wouldn't you rather have good word of mouth than to be spoken about on topics? Wouldn't you rather people talk highly of your clinics than to speak about the fact that you got girls going up there on and off throughout the day and women going up there to see you that's not there for anything medically except for what they could possibly get from you allegedly? Why abuse your power to land you in prison for what could be the rest of your life? But you're over 50. If you get the 40 to 47 years I think they're trying to give you, you're going to die in there. Your son will be grown at this point. None of it was worth it. I've never seen a train wreck be so publicized. I've never seen anyone take such a hard fall from the top like you did. Coming from the top of your class, one of, one of the top students in your nursing class, to everything you've done, to everything you were going into with stem cell research and all the things you were dabbling in and the procedures and ideas that you have, that you have put up on the forefront for people to use to this day. Never have I seen anyone take such a hard fall over nothing, over environment, circumstances, friends, enablers, users. Those people used you. Are those same people that kept you around and got you to party with them and do all this, all the stuff that you were doing, are they writing you every day and sending you money on commissary and taking care of your son? Because now that you're not out, what can they get from you? I mean, was it really, really, really worth it? That's the point of this podcast. I know that I can sit here and bash him all day long. I could pull up everything, pull up all the police reports and the videos and the allegations from your ex-wives and the people you've hurt, the victims, the alleged crimes. I could sit here and ring up your court case. I could sit here and talk about whoever, you know, Uncle Kev was who threatened a DEA agent and his family, and now he, well, I mean, that's not allegedly, he actually did it, and he admitted to it, and a part of his sentencing, or part of his plea deal, was to write a letter to the DEA and his family apologizing. He seemed like a ride-or-die friend for you. But a bad environment is still a bad environment, no matter how much they are there for you. A toxic person is toxic. And just based off what I've heard, just in the midst of your YouTube and your periscopes. They helped put you in this situation by making you think it was okay to act this way in society. Based off everything I heard, you're way too smart for this. But you weren't smart enough to keep yourself out of jail and to sit here and abuse your power with medicine the way you have. Allegedly. I like how I have to say that. Because if not, you know, I'm going to hear it. People really wanted to hear this podcast because they want this to be like every other 
discussion about you. And quite frankly, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing, which is why my podcast has become very successful. Because I don't subdue myself to the norm of what people want me to do. I don't have to do that. But you know what? I never lost myself in the midst of this, though, Jeff. I went from this being super fun and only having 27 listeners on my first episode to where I'm at now. But you know what? I never lost myself. I never threw my weight around when it came to this podcast. I have been out and about and people stopped me and got pictures and tell me they recognize me. And, and, and everywhere I go, oh, yeah, I recognize you. I've gotten that before. I've been there. And like I was telling someone very close to me, I want to I'd give it up tomorrow if I could. That doesn't bother me to lose that because it's stressful. Why you even wanted that type of life is beyond me. I know it's to mend the the attention that you're so much you know wanting to have, and that will basically give you the energy and and what you want out of everything that you're trying to accomplish. Like that's what you want. You want people to notice you and want to be around you. You love that. You feed off of it. But since I've been getting it, it's nerve wracking. I don't want that. So why in the hell would anyone else want that? Now you have to carry your bad decisions with you for the rest of your life. And so does your family. Because while you were making these decisions, you're hurting them in the process without even knowing you like their collateral damage to the to the to the decisions you made and the nonsense you pulled. You are not a product of their raisin. You're a product of your own toxic environment and what you chose to be in. No one made you go get a bunch of tattoos. No one made you to do the things you do. That's you, you're a grown man. But at some point, you knew what you were doing was wrong. And that this wasn't going to carry on forever. Do I think you should have took the fall the way you have? No, I don't. I think everyone else that was with you needs to go with you and take them with you along the ride and just take them, you know, get them away from here because we don't need that kind of stuff around here. I've debated on doing the podcast about you a part two after your trial because that's when the facts come out. That's when everything comes out. What really happened, what you're really charged with, the truth, the evidence, the witnesses, all that comes out at your trial. And I really thought about doing a part two. Now I'm just conflicted. Because it's so hard to hear all the great things you've done and see that you're that person. I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Is I take them at face value that if you are going to be this person where you take an oath to help people and then you do the complete opposite and you do them harm the way you have. Everything great you've ever done that these people told me about is subsided with everything that was bad about you, your personality. Your eagerness to please people that don't give a shit about you. 
I don't know if I'm going to do a part two. Quite frankly, I'm exhausted by it. I had so much research. I stayed up and did so many notes. I had so much I wanted to talk about. I've already this I mean this is going on right now like close to an hour. And that's just a couple of clips that I was commentating on. Jeff, I have so much on you that I could do part six of this thing. But from what I'm told, you love that kind of attention. I'm not here to give you attention. I use my platform to raise awareness to people who might end up doing the same thing you're doing or see someone going through a lifestyle change or an ego change or a personality change to become self-destructive because that's what you were. You were self-destructive. I could have easily went on here and bashed you to hell. I mean, I could have done it easily. And that's what the people want me to do. I want to get on here and understand. I want I want to hear myself talk about this out loud for the first time. And maybe I can get my own answer. You're no different than the Aaron Hernandez's who you were ticking time bomb. And that's the worst part. You knew this wasn't going to end the way you thought, but you carried on anyway. Those people that you bribed was going to snitch on you, allegedly. They took that from you. What makes you think they wouldn't have turned their back on you? I'm going to end this podcast because I've had enough of reasoning with myself. To make myself understand why you were the way you were. I sat here and talked to both sides of people who think a lot of you and people who hate you. And the one thing I couldn't understand was why. What drove it to here? That's what this whole podcast was meant for. Not to bash you, not to praise you. I don't know you to care. One interaction and I wasn't impressed with you. But you know what I was impressed with? How you went through nursing school. How you opened up a clinic. How you done the things you've done. That's what I was impressed with. Not you. Not the guy in the bar with the shades and the coat and all the rings. No, not that guy. I don't care about that guy. I was impressed with what you did medically that I've heard about. And I'm done talking in circles about it. Because I'm not your psychiatrist. I did this podcast because I was genuinely confused how the hell this happened. And why everyone around you who was supposed to be there to protect you. Let you carry on with this nonsense. The yes men around you should have been taken accounted for. For the things that you've done. And the people who truly loved you should have watched your back. And kept those people away from you. Now look at it. They're gone and so are you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast with Jay. This is going to be on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music. It's on Anchor. I've worked on trying to put it on Spotify. I just haven't had time. I've been so busy with everything else. I really appreciate y'all listening. I'm so glad that my following has kept up with this 
whole situation, this whole rock dog story. Uh, I love that people has come to me that's come forward. I appreciate all the info that people's given me. I appreciate all the bravery that people has come with, you know, come to me with. It wasn't easy to express your story. I, I appreciate the uh, secretive nature that you were able to give me by, you know, trying to tell your side and you will remain anonymous. You will not be spoken about even after this airs and just know that no matter where this journey gets you, that what happened with Jeff Young and how he affected your life will never make you as a person like this will be left in the past where it should be. And your future will be prosperous. And this will just be another part in your life that you live through and prosper from. This is Let's Discuss a Podcast with Jay. Thank you for listening. Oh, 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 oh,